Hey all, welcome to the Skeptic Hangout, the place where we sit back, relax, and chit-chat about intriguing and sometimes controversial topics through the lens of skepticism. With us today is Richard Gillover from Skeptic Hangout and Laura McGee from Unapologetically Me. Today, Richard Gill is unable to join us, so we have with us not one, but two amazing special guests. We have Ascalon, who is one of our lovely ACA compatriots, friends. And Kyle Brewer from, well, Kyle Brewer, a YouTube channel where he produces short and engaging videos on science topics. Today, we are going to be discussing astrology. And remember, we do zero prep for this show. So the less we know about this topic, the better. And today specifically, it's going to be on the side of the less. So grab your English tea or your trendy coffee of choice. And join us today as we discuss that thing where you read in the newspaper about some stuff based on the stars and the month you were born or something like that. Anyway, while our super catchy music is playing, don't forget to take a moment to like the episode and subscribe so that you can catch all of our future shows. You can also hit that reminder button on whichever platform you use so that you can be notified as soon as the episode is released. This is episode 35 astrology. All right, gentlemen, (laughs) astrology, and we're missing our third. So this is going to be a fun and interesting dynamic. Um, And I don't even know where to get started on this one. In the sky. That's a pretty good place to start for astrology, isn't it? Or, or in the minds of uh, wizards and witches who, who predict the future. And I'm going to get slaughtered by the pagan community for that. Yeah. No, honestly, like the only thing I know about astrology, and it has nothing to do about where it came from. I have I have no clue, like wh- who who produced it, where it comes from. But I do know that it's all about charts of the sky and how it relates to your birthday and how it relates to predicting what is going to be happening in your life. That's, that's about as far as I got. Ask one. What about, what about you? What do you know? Um, oh, I kind of disagree with Richard already. It doesn't start in the sky. It starts in the toilet. It's, uh, it's I like it. It's just a lot of crap. It's, um, I couldn't tell you exactly when it was first, uh, first invented or d- discovered or thought up or whatever, but, uh, it was long enough ago that all the planets are uh, either in a different rotation or, or far enough apart that the charts are absolutely meaningless now. So I've honestly no idea why people put so much stock in it. Well, and from my understanding, it's become, I mean, maybe it was always this complex, but from my understanding, it's become really complex where they, they pull out these, these charts of what I'm presuming is today's sky, but they do all these calculations. And um, like I've seen... I think it was a Penn and Teller's bullshit, actually, which makes it so much more appropriate um, on astrology, where they, they, the woman that they were talking to had this book and she had all these papers spread out in front of her and she was doing all these complex calculations to determine different facts about whoever it was that she was reading. Um, and it, it looked like it's kind of becoming almost somewhat of a pseudoscience more than just like a, a hobby. Do you think that's because it has to be, though, because the, the kind of basic kind of oh, i'm gonna read a bit of shit in the newspaper is 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 not selling so to continue selling it for these people it has to 
move with the times and and get more complicated it kind of seems like religion has to be that same way too yeah where where the more that science sort of uncovers these truths about our reality the more that these other um cultural phenomena need to kind of adapt and pick up from where science is and they need to fill in the gaps of where there's still mystery right so don't it's, it's almost like a necessity these days to have some sort of scientific relevancy and i'm saying that for those of you on the podcast it's in air quotes yeah and i think uh, a lot of people cling to this kind of thing because they want that mystery you know in, in their in that mis- mysterious aspect in their life that that sense of like oh you know there's there's more going on than what meets the eye yeah yeah and a lot of people think that that science and the uncovering of these mysteries like take something away from their life which i completely disagree with i'm right there with you like when i was religious i definitely felt that way i felt that sort of transcendent i'm gonna throw out a big big words like transcendent existential experience of something beyond myself beyond my comprehension and i thought it was so necessary in my life to have that feeling but when i started learning more about science that feeling sticks but you're you're at awe or in awe over things that actually exist and are tangible and measurable and and things that you can discuss like the vastness of the universe which kyle i know we're going to get into for the next episode um but or like um how different chemical reactions work or, or different creatures and their abilities right um like the axolotl it, it, you get that same feeling of transcendence but when you're in that spiritual world or in that spiritual sort of mindset you feel like that's something necessary to have in your life i don't know what do you guys think about that no, I've, I've never really been religious or, or superstitious or anything it's just like you said i've find it more amazing that there's a moon somewhere in the solar system that's made of diamonds rather than Saturn somehow is going to affect my digestion on Thursday. (laughs) You're right. I mean, yeah. What is it about needing to know our future or what's going to happen that is so appealing to us? Why, why do we have as a species such a need to kind of predict what's going to be happening next? I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of a crossover here because I'm I'm currently, well, just finished writing some notes for another show that me and Laura are going to be on, which I'm sure we'll advertise later on in this show. And uh, we're, we're, one of the articles we're discussing on that is uh, predicting the future in, in general. And, uh, you know, I feel like I want to lean heavily on what I wrote about that here because it, it's a perfect example of, like, how bad the human brain is. And how, how, you know, people put aside skepticism when it comes to certain things. It, it's very easy to think that something, you know, some, someone could come along and say, I'm going to use the stars to predict your future. And they can say, you're going to meet a tall, dark, handsome stranger who's going to make you very happy. But that's incredibly fucking vague. Incredibly vague. And it doesn't take much. To once that suggestion's been put to you, to uh, to kind of go forward and start filling in the blanks when things start happening to you, and and that to me is how prediction works in general. Nothing's super specific, and right. in as, as astrology, it's being used. It's it's not just. I mean, I, th- I think did it come from the ancient Greece when it first started getting popular? That they, they used astrology and. And it was a science back then. It was considered a science. 
And but it wasn't just then; the ancient Chinese used it as well, and uh, Indo- Hindus used it. Um, but it, you know, it wasn't the only form of bullshit in those cultures either. I mean, if you, uh, I've got somewhere a copy of uh, my famous bookshelf, the I Ching, which is an another uh, kind of prophetic uh, system in China, huh. and and the you know. Cultures uh, have these different forms of things in slightly different forms, slightly different uh, variations, and they've had them for a long time. But, you know, we should be beyond now. We should have enough critical thinking now that we we can assess the bullshit claim in it. And, you know, we can see that, you know, you're going to meet a tall, dark, tall, tall, dark, handsome stranger doesn't mean a fucking thing in today's society. And you know, you know what is is that all they predict? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not okay enough with astrology to know the ins and outs of it. When does it get more complicated than, than that? It does, from my understanding. But at the same time, you're, you strike on a really good point, which is well, two points. One is the vagueness, but then what you were what you were saying kind of reminded me of the idea of the self fulfilling prophecy, right? So you can say like, um, you are going to. Um, be successful or, or have a new venture put in front of you. Like you, so individuals have new opportunities, um, go buy them probably like multiple times throughout a day or a week or a month. Right. But are you paying attention to those opportunities? Like you might just be saying no to them or dismissing them, or they might not be right for you. And then suddenly you read this fortune cookie or get this, um, horoscope or whatever. And then suddenly you're like, Ooh, this new opportunity, um, just came on my, uh, like in front of me, but, um, the, the, fortune said it was going to so then now you're you're reinforcing that that fortune had any sort of relevance but it would have anyway one way or another right whether you read that fortune or not whether whether you've got that horoscope or not and when it's a opportunity that you're just going to dismiss anyway so in other words like okay so an opportunity comes in front of you and then it, it reinforces that that thing has some truth but then you just choose not to take that opportunity well now you're it's what, what is it called when you're um counting the the hits and not the misses um mm-hmm. like, kind of like confirmation bias. bias yeah con- yeah it's, uh is it confirmation bias or or are, are you talking about or... the texas sharpshooter fallacy where you yeah where you, you draw the, you draw that that's an, that's an even another one where that's the one where you draw the, the bullseye around the the bullet hole right um yeah but that's another one what what i'm talking about is more like you have the hits and the misses but you're only counting the hits in order to validate that it's the truth right right so um you or or you're recognizing okay opportunities come my way all the time but i'm only going to recognize this one opportunity because that's the one that happened immediately following my horoscope or that's the guy i met immediately following my horoscope horoscope never mind the 10 guys i've met at coffee shops or in passing or whatever prior to it i I think that's what richard's trying to say right so part of it is that confirmation bias but part of it also is the self-fulfilling prophecy or maybe you start to go out and look for or pay more attention to these things and then when you do see it you're like oh holy shit like it was right well, yeah, because you've been primed by pri- by having this thing given to you to start with. And once you're primed, your mind starts doing all sorts of wonderful and exotic things with that information. So I'm I'm really interested. Have any of you guys uh, uh, kind of either yourself or uh, someone close to you or someone who you know, like kind of really been influenced or taken in by the the astrology and what they've read it whether it's reading it in the newspapers or going to see somebody 
in person to have your stars read? Uh, well, I have a friend who um, he believes it enough to get the tattoo of his star sign. Um, he, he doesn't really push it on anybody. He just kind of um, talks about it like, like this is how it works in my life. And I'm not saying this is how it's going to work for you because it works for everyone differently, which I find weird. Like if it works differently for everybody, how can you nail down the, the mechanism behind it? Yeah, the, the actual truth claim versus, yeah, no. And so he actually believes that horoscopes do contain a measure of yes. truth, or at least certain horoscopes, maybe. Has, has he attributed anything to that? And any kind of success in his life or any any or negative influence or whatever? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Um, it would be something I would be up for asking him about. Yeah, so it's it's interesting when, when people say something like that, like, well, it's true for me, um, or I have my own version of the truth, and people have different versions. Like, I kind of wonder how that justification works. And that's kind of separate from the astrology topic per se, but it's interesting to me that um, if you're convinced that something is the truth and that it works for you and that it would work for other people, I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of curious, like if, if there's a bit of cognitive dissonance there in his head where it's like, I kind of believe it, but I kind of know that it could be bullshit. Or if he just really legitimately doesn't care about other people, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know if, if something was actually true, wouldn't you want to be spreading it around like wildfire? Well, that's the thing. A lot of people don't feel that way. They feel like that comfort dwarfs truth. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. And so re- maybe for him, um, pursuing astrology or reading his horoscope or whatever it is that he does might bring him a specific level of comfort that he knows right. doesn't doesn't apply to everybody that's interesting well about you ask Colin, have you ever come across anybody or had any kind of uh experience yourself with it um i've seen i've seen a lot of people selling obviously their MacGuffins at uh at craft fairs and things like that and uh I remember having one lady try and tell me that it's because it's some sort of Eastern mysticism thing. I did look into this at some point years ago. The the, the Zodiac itself is, uh, I think, I'm not entirely sure. Someone will need to correct me. I think it's based on the Chinese calendar. Um, and I'm sure they found like an astrology board as far back as like two and a half thousand years ago. So like Babylonian type things, uh, which basically just gave this woman all the ammunition she needed to, Peddler shit to people. Oh, look, it, it's old. It, it's older than the hills. So that's another. Yeah, I love that fallacy. That it's been around forever. Therefore, it's true fallacy. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I, I, I mean, you may not know, but was she saying that it actually come from the Eastern kind of astrology, or do you think that they kind of the there'd been a Western? or a Middle Eastern astrology and Far Eastern astrology that had grown up parallel to each other, which had got amalgamated? I've honestly no idea. I mean, in its modern form, it could have come from fucking anywhere, to be honest. There could be bits in here from from Indian mysticism, from Western philosophy. There could be fucking anything in it. I suspect that's probably the case, because I've had, uh, in in my long and... uh, uh, colorful past i've had a lot to do <laughs> kind of uh uh a lot of new age people and uh the uh they do tend to uh i think from what i can remember there, there was a thing that like around the 50s and 60s where a lot of these people were who started like being uh 
people in the New Age movement in the 60s and 70s were reading stuff from people in the from the like 40s, 50s, 60s, and that influenced them. And uh, they were like they were reading genuine interpretations of you know stuff from the Far East or stuff from the Middle East, and then they were they were kind of bringing that in and amalgamating it together, mixing it all up. And so I do suspect Taskalon, even although I don't know this, I do suspect Taskalon is actually right in, in the respect that it, in the modern form, it's a very convoluted and mixed bag of stuff, which has formed in, probably formed into its own school of something uh, with its own rules and values. Yeah. So that is, that is one place where I am comfortable speaking, where I, I do know a little bit, um, having an anthropological, anthropological background is cultural diffusion right which basically just means the sharing of ideas right you have two different mm-hmm. cultures with different ideas and as those cultures are exposed to each other those ideas diffuse from one culture into another so it's not the same as appropriation where a culture sort of takes something and tries to own it um it's it's, it's a little bit more subtle than that and it's a little bit more innocent than that where just ideas kind of get shared and mixed around but the thing with diffusion is that it's you don't always get like a complete package where it's like okay so from Chinese ancient lore or from Middle Eastern ancient lore, here's this complete package. It's more just like, here's an idea from here and an idea from there. And because we have such a mixed culture now or a mixed world where we do have a lot of um, exposure to different cultures, even back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, like there was, there was a lot of mixing of ideas already. And so those ideas, they start to get um, sort of watered down, but they also, their exact sources sort of start to get fuzzy and mixed and hard to locate. Um, so I do, I do agree with you. Like there's, there's you know, a lot that you can take from ancient Chinese, um, lore in terms of astrology, but all these other ideas get mixed in with it. And I, I would be willing to bet, although I haven't studied astrology in any sort of formal way, I'd be willing to bet that you could pick out some of the stuff that comes from different ancient sources, but that there's a lot of other stuff too, that's been like added to it or mixed in with it, um, that now make it kind of its own unique beast. Yeah, I know that in, in Tibetan Buddhism, there's a lot uh, to do, a lot about astrology. It's a big part of that. It's one aspect of uh, Tibetan Buddhism that I never really looked into because it just I'm I'm more interested in the scriptural side of things. So it was just it kind of bypassed me. But I am aware that it had a big thing, and that was also kind of uh, Tibet came to kind of the the uh, knowledge of the rest of the world as a an entity and its traditions and things around the same time that these early new age writers uh, were you know getting their stuff 30s and 40s you know before that tibet was unknown to the rest of the world and then as it started amalgamating that's when it started kind of you know shangri-la was believed to be in tibet that mystical kind of eastern paradise and it's it, it makes sense that a lot of those ideas will have have, have come through mm-hmm. at that time so although i know nothing about tibetan buddhism and couldn't give you any particular aspects of it it wouldn't surprise me if you were to find aspects of that in modern astrology there would be i would think i mean uh I, 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 correct me if i'm wrong but i mean there's a lot of uh i don't i don't want to use the word chakras because i know it's a different sort of thing but like like spiritual energy and magneticism and whatever the, I, I, I still I, I don't understand how people got from that to you know it'll it'll spin your chakras faster it'll make you feel a bit better to actually having a physical difference on your life 
Yeah, that would be interesting to figure out how it all, all morphs over time. Um, but what I'm more interested in, I know we have to go to a commercial break now because we're, we're coming up on that, that time in the show. Um, but when we get back, it'd be kind of interesting to go over what modern day astrology looks like from our perspectives. Now, this is for people who don't study it, don't know a lot about it, but we're exposed to it through, through you know, cultural, just day-to-day interactions. And so I kind of want to get into discussing how it manifests today in our world and, and how it impacts um, those who believe and those who don't believe. Um, but for now, we're going to go ahead and take a break and go to commercial. So, what you may have noticed, Ascalon's disappeared. Uh, it will be back with us after commercials. Uh, what have we got coming up? Well, I can tell you for a fact that something very, very special is happening soon. And that is us two, myself and Miss Unapologetically Me, are going to be on the nonprofits together for the first time this, this coming Sunday. This should have happened ages <laughs> ago. What? The I'm hell? so excited <laughs> about this. Wonderful. Outside, yeah. Aside from doing something on uh, Oz's channel, like way back at the start of this year. Uh, that was a when, panel when, of a lot of people too. Yeah, and and we were kind of just we were both very new and advertising our own channels. Mm-hmm. We've we've other than this, we've not done anything together. And you know, we were we've been scheduled to do the perspective and through certain things that's not worked out. Uh, so we're finally getting to work together, uh, and we'll be on there the nonprofits this Sunday. Don't miss it. And Thanks. I've also got to add, before we jump into it, seeing what else Laura's doing, uh, upcoming, not quite yet, you've still got a bit of time, so we might have another time to remind you a little bit before that, my channel, uh, Skeptic Takeout, get the right name, is coming up to its first year anniversary. Yes. So the brilliant Ethan Michael is producing a live show, the first live show I've done to celebrate that and there's going to be some awesome guests including these two and the Ascalon they were looking forward to that we're going to have I can't go through everyone there's too many people that you know Cynthia McDonald Jenna Mew uh oh so many awesome guests people I absolutely love so I'm going to be celebrating my channel's first birthday on the 1st of November at 8 p.m central so that's yeah, a Monday. So set your reminders. Go yeah, on to Skeptic Takeout and set the reminder. That's Takeout, not Hangout. Although we can put a reminder up on Hangout as well. J- join us. Come and help celebrate with me. And we're going to be talking about my my show and what we've been doing on my show in the past year. And I'm going to be talking about what fucking amazing people I'm having on my show are doing as well. Because without these guys, without Kyle and Laura and everyone else who's going on there, Cynthia, there would be no no my show because it's those people who've helped propel me along. So don't forget about that. Laura, what are you up to other than the nonprofits? Awesome. Um, so I didn't want to throw out the date for the nonprofits. Is it'll be um, premiering on the 24th. So that, that is this Sunday. But if you're listening um, later on, then it's probably in the past. Um, I do have some work coming up in November with the um, Promethean Secular Frontier and then also with Jenna Mew and her channel. 
Um, and we're going to be doing some parenting talk on that one. Yes, we are. I'm doing that with you. Yes. I completely forgot about that. Uh, yeah, but I don't have dates nailed down yet. So we're, we're working on doing some monthly stuff for that. And then we're also, I'm also going to be appearing a little bit more regularly on the Promethean Secular Frontier, but we haven't worked out those dates yet. So that will be coming up, but um, just letting you guys know what's out on the horizon. And then um, I do have the Veterans Day episode of Nonprofits. It's going to be myself and then um, other veterans who are either currently serving or who have served, but are working specifically with the ACA. So we took, we took ACA people and, um, and we're going to do a special veterans day episode. So that's what I've got coming up. Kyle, what have you got going on? Let's, let's shell your channel for a little bit. Let's get your stuff out there. Right on. Well, um, I've got a few ideas floating around. Uh, I know that uh, my upload schedule is very erratic. It's kind of just whenever I, I feel like making a video or if I have the time, um, current video I'm working on right now is about comets, how they form, uh, near earth objects, that kind of thing. Nice. Um, in fact, our mutual friend, secular rarity, uh, suggested this one. So this one goes out to him. Um, other than that, I'm just, uh, kind of playing by ear. Yep. And you volunteer a lot with the ACA. So there's, there's that going on. Yep. I, yeah. yep. I, I, I mod the ACA Facebook pages, which everybody should join Absolutely. as long as you follow the rules. <laughs> That's a big one there. Um, He's bad yeah. cop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, I, I am so not. That is so not. your I'm job. So, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've got to play Kyle up a little bit. Like his, his channel is really very impressive, especially for being a new channel. Um, oh, I, second I like, yeah, I like the way that you've kickstarted it and the way you've got it going. They're very um, short videos, so you don't have to spend a lot of time digesting these topics, but they're advanced topics. Like they're, like he did one on the size of space that I thought was really, really good. Um, but he, he presents it in such a way that as an adult, you can learn something. But also, I use it for my kids for homeschooling. Like that's how impressed I am at him. Like I use a lot of YouTube in general to introduce ideas to the kids that they can take in an engaging way um, and not just be bored reading reading textbooks. So. Um, I've actually added Kyle's channel to my list of wow. YouTube resources for the kids because they're short, they're engaging, they're um, comprehensive, um, and they if the kids um, do have any questions, we could just use that as sort of like a sounding board to like go off and look at more videos to get more answers um, and look at things more in depth. But um, they're they're quick little sciencey videos, but um, they're really cool. And Kyle's voice when he's recording, super awesome. I, I love the way he sounds <laughs> well that's that's awesome that's actually one of the things I was a little worried about was how I'm going to present myself uh through just voice so that's that's awesome thank you awesome yeah. definitely so go and check, check Kyle's out. channel out yeah and remember it's just Kyle Brewer so we'll put a link um in in our description um and we'll have that available to you guys but um no fancy names to remember just look him up yep should should the first thing you'll see if you google Kyle Brewer is actually my deconversion story but <laughs> just scroll down a little bit further you'll find it <laughs> it'll be there and check out his deconversion story you might be interested um okay so before we head back from commercials the one thing that we wanted to um, remind you guys of is the facebook page um one thing that we stress a lot in our shows is that we're not experts we make a lot of mistakes we're just talking off the cuff we never do research um so there's, there's things that we get wrong and we like to point it out ourselves on the Facebook page, but we also have other people who catch stuff and point it out. Um, I know that happened this week when there was a couple of corrections made that I really appreciate um, and it generates more conversation. So 
um, head over to the Facebook page if you don't already follow it. And then um, if you guys have any questions or, or catch anything that you want to sort of expand on or correct, go ahead and throw that up on our Facebook page. Um, but it really helps us to keep these discussions going. So it's not just an hour of conversation between like three or four people. It's um, an ongoing conversation that kind of lasts throughout the week. And it brings you guys, our listeners, in. Um, and that's been really enjoyable so far. So um, check it out, like it, follow it. And then, um, yeah, feel free to just smash every single point we make in every single episode. Tell us how <laughs> yeah, wrong we well, are. One thing I've noticed as well is as people going back are like either old fans or new fans of the show. And old fans who've not caught every episode and they're going back and then they're coming and commenting weeks and weeks after the episodes aired on on episodes that are like for us long in the past. So it's reinvigorating the conversation. I'm loving that. I think it's brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to head back from commercial break. But yeah, check us out on Facebook. So welcome back from commercial break, gentlemen. Um, I had said that we we're going to talk about modern day astrology, but while we were um, doing our little transition, I had a thought and I'm going to actually put Kyle on the spot just a little bit oh. here because um, you are really into astronomy and science and a lot of your videos on your YouTube channel, they're all like astronomy related and space related. So I'm going to throw a question your way from your perspective, being someone who's interested in space and interested in what we can and can't know about space. What do you think about astrology from sort of a amateur astronomer's perspective? Oh, that's interesting. Um, well, you know, when I think of astrology, I think of how stars are supposed to impact our lives in some tangible way. It, 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 it's a little weird for me because I know that stars are little more than balls of incandescent plasma that... Um, do very little more than explode and give off radiation. Uh, I don't see how something like that could have some sort of uh, genuine meaning in someone's life other than just the scientific meaning behind the stars themselves. I don't, I don't see that, that spiritual aspect. See, it's a, it's a tough question. <laughs> it, it's a tough question for a lot of reasons, but for me, I don't see how, the positions of stars can influence anything about a person. Does it kind of seem like it's holding on to an old idea? Like back when we weren't exactly sure what stars were and there were just these things in the sky that seemed to be very relevant to us. Like they mapped our way. Oh, they of created course. pictures. Like um, I can kind of see why people who didn't know any better would, would kind of um, give them mystic values. Right. Or, or well, sure. I mean, I you know, ancient people had a much better view of, of the night sky than we currently do. You know, light pollution, which is another good, good question. Why is uh, astrology so prevalent in a world where we can barely see the night sky as it is? Yeah, I uh, didn't know until I was an adult that you could actually see the Milky Way. Like, I had, I had no idea that in certain... I, I, I still haven't seen it. That's, that's a goal of mine. Oh my gosh. If you ever in our neck of the woods, we have like my, my family owns property up in an area where it's so dark that you can get photographs of the Milky Way. It's gorgeous. Oh, that's, yeah. that's, yeah, I, I, I ask a lot. No, very interesting. Worth asking him because he lives in an area in, in South, uh, Southwest Scotland. It, it's supposedly got the, I mean, I said supposedly I've seen it. It is very <laughs> clear. It is, it has got the clearest, uh, it's supposedly the best place in Britain. 
to actually do kind of stargazing and astronomy from. Uh, and he lives not too far from there. So it might be worth interesting, ask, interesting, well, there, asking, asking, <laughs> I can't speak. Asking, asking, I'm definitely not cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, out, out here where I live, on a clear, dark night, you can see maybe 20, 30 stars. Oh, my. At, at best. Wow. It's, it's not a lot. Um, see, that surprises me because I'm, I'm not from the U.S., obviously. And I just imagine everywhere in the U.S. to be just big and wide open Texas skies. You've got the cowboy <laughs> image of the U.S. Yeah. No. Not quite. Not quite. Google Las Vegas or like Chicago. And that's like the majority. <laughs> I mean, no, there's there's so it's, it's hyperbole, of course, but there, there are a lot of wide open spaces. But even then, Kyle's right. There's a lot of light pollution, not just in the, the U.S., but throughout the world. We, yeah. we produce a lot of manufactured light and we rely on it to, for those like, you know, nighttime pursuits. And um, our night sky doesn't look anywhere near as clear as, as what the ancient people saw it as, like um, just in general. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a place, I can't remember the name of it, but there's a place out in Nevada that's the same way. It's, it's so dark and there's, it's the place that has the least amount of light pollution um, I don't know if it's on the West Coast or in all of the United States. I can't remember, but um, that's a place that I've been wanting to take the kids to, like on a camping trip where we can do some amateur astronomy and just really see the sky from a different um, perspective. I think that would be amazing. So from the aspect of astrology, then, rather than astronomy, uh, what... Uh... I don't know why I pronounced them like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to distinguish between the two. Um, they, uh, right. So if I've I've seen astronomers on the TV make predictions, and they go through, they use very kind of what you'd consider scientific, uh, astronomical astronomical language, like Mercury being in retrograde, which is an actual thing, right? Uh, uh, but what is? Do you think that they use that kind of language? to try and legitimize it uh or do you, do you think that they genuinely believe that it has some kind of uh predictive power i'm gonna let mm. kyle take this first because i i have a response but the whole like mercury and retrograde thing i think that's right up your alley kyle believe it or not i'm actually not entirely familiar with that with what the term is or means um i've, I've when, only when, heard it when something when one of the planets is in retrograde it appears to be moving backwards in the sky, although it's oh, not due to okay. the position it's because of, the of because of our orbits and how they relate to each other. Yeah, it's it's just a perspective thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, again, this is this is tough because I know jack all about astrology. <laughs> uh, well, I'll I'll just go ahead and take it then. Like, so we have two different things that are working here, right? So you have this sort of spiritual aspect of astrology where there's some sort of interconnectedness between ourselves and the planets and the stars and stuff. And then there's the actual physical movement of these objects in space. And so when you say something like Mercury is in retrograde, you're all you're really talking about is the movement of Mercury in relation to Earth's movement, right? You're talking about a physical um, phenomena. You're talking about um, okay. just the way that it's moving through space and the way that it, it um, orbits around the sun. And so there's nothing spiritual or, or really interesting about it. It's just the way it looks in the sky. 
So when someone says Mercury is in retrograde, you're talking about Mercury moving. That's all you're, that's all you're talking about from a, from an astronomical perspective. That's why you need to slow it down, Richard, just make sure you get it right. (laughs) (laughs) So from a scientific perspective, that's all you're talking about. But then when you get into astrology, the whole Mercury's in retrograde starts to take on this sort of mystic spiritual, it kind of gives it additional meaning or additional depth, um, somewhat arbitrarily like that the movement of mercury in relation to us. And again, it's an optical illusion, really. Like it's still moving in the same direction. Mercury hasn't done anything special. It's just crossed our orbit in such a way that it appears to. And so now it's given this additional meaning somewhat out of the blue. And so it's, it's interesting because yes, in answer to your question, Richard, I think that they are using the scientific term. Um, I can't remember the question exactly that you asked, but it was like, are, are they, I think what they're doing is they don't fully understand really what that means. Like they, they assign additional or different meaning to it than what it means to the scientific community. Right. Yeah. I, I mm-hmm. think the, uh, I think the whole thing, the, 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 for me, astrology, the whole thing about astrology is, is an anything like that, not specifically astrology is, I'm really interested in how people move from something which in, in in the ancient past, the stars, as we've said, were clear. Everybody could see them. They were very important in people's lives for things like farming, for navigation. Uh, they would had real influence and, you know, an actual uh, effect on people's lives. You know, they used them to predict things in a real predictive way right predict the seasons for planting to predict you know where things were going to be when they were navigating so i can see how the leap was made in ancient times Mm -hmm. what interests me is the psychological continuation between that and now where we don't need them Uh, one of you mentioned earlier about uh, not even being able to see the stars anymore right and yet people still believe in in this stuff and i love getting into the mechanisms of things and it's that that interests me I, it always reminds me of this if i was once talking to somebody who uh a friend of theirs believed they could cast spells and genuine like witch spells yes. which had an effect on people Legitimate, yeah. and yeah and i asked them you know about the mechanism and they said oh it's when the moon's full and I said, well, what is it about the moon being full that, uh, that influences this? And I was expecting some kind of answer about, well, psychologically, this, that, and other. And they actually said, oh, it's the position of the moon in the sky. When it gets into a certain position uh, once every month, that's when it's prime. And when I pointed out that the moon's actually moving away from us, so the moon's in a completely different position anyway. Every single month, it, yeah. That's yeah, they, they kind of started getting a bit and uh, it became difficult to answer and the mechanism when you get down to the mechanisms of these things that's when people start to stumble because of i don't think they've thought that deeply about it they might have an arbitrary answer which satisfies most people right and it sounds it sounds good typically yeah it, yeah, it becomes quite difficult. And this is where I want the viewers, if any of you are into astrology 
or believe in astrology, or even if you don't believe in it, but you know a little bit more about it. Understand it more, yeah. I'd love you to pass on the information as to how it's supposed to work technically. That's really interesting to me, but what what do we think about the... um, I'll pass it on to you because I've been talking for ages. What do we think about the idea that... uh, in in the past, it was it had actual predictive value, and that being a psychological continuation to now. It's funny. I was talking to my kids earlier today about tradition, right? And like the because um, one of them popped off something sort of sarcastically about like, "Well, this is how it's always done." And I was like, "Oh, you're just being a traditionalist, right?" And we were just teasing back and forth. Um, and and he understood the sarcasm of what he was saying, but um, the idea that when something becomes tradition it starts to become accepted by future generations just based on the fact that it's like, that's how it's always been done or, or like what I can't remember who said it earlier that it was like, um, Oh, it's true because it's so old. Right. <laughs> I think it was Ascalon yeah. said something about that. Like, Oh, it's thousands of years old. And this knowledge has been around in humans forever. Well, I would suspect that the older the knowledge is, the more heavily we should scrutinize it. Right. Because yes. it, it was potentially discovered during a time of great ignorance. Right. And so it might be something that we're just holding on to, but I think it has, I think what you're, you're saying has some validity potentially in the sense that when knowledge gets passed down from generation to generation, even wrong knowledge continues to be perpetuated. Like we don't filter every new generation. We don't filter our data like, okay, what needs to go for this next generation? We just kind of lump it all together and pass it along. Um, so I, I do agree that there's a a degree to that, a degree of truth to that. But I also think whether it's new knowledge or old knowledge, we have a tendency to believe false things. Like we have a tendency to want to believe all these different spiritual claims. And it's interesting because even whether a person's like a Christian, Muslim, Hindu, Wicca, or just a spiritualist that believes in just generally that there's a spiritual realm out there without adhering to a specific code or belief system. Um, that propensity to do that is still within us. So even if astrology was only like a decade old, or whether it's thousands of years old, it has power, I don't think, because of its age necessarily, but because of our tendency to, to hear something that sounds good or sounds right or sounds like it explains our reality in a way that's, that's um, acceptable to us, and then we just, we just believe it. You know, this kind of reminds me of how um, you know, people want there to be some sort of higher power or spiritual aspect to our physical world. And it makes me think of how evolutionarily speaking, we look for hierarchy in, in, uh, you know, um, what was the word? Uh, we, we, we look for structure in like yeah. a, a hierarchical, I can never say that word. Sure. Uh, yes. So if we consider ourselves at the top, there's this natural nagging to want something to follow. You know, most of us are, are I would say, followers, less, less of leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of us are. So it, it makes sense to me that we would want something to ha- have meaning that we could just latch onto that doesn't come from ourselves. So uh, astrology makes sense in that regard to fulfill that, that sort of pseudo need that's kind of a good point that like, it seems that knowledge has to come from outside of us. Like if we discover it, then it's, it doesn't have the same impact on us than if it comes from outside of us. And I'm, I'm saying broadly, like the, because so many people will have these different spiritual beliefs. So right. I kind of, I, I agree with what you're saying that um, 
if you were to say this comes from a God or this is like, or the universe is um, conscious or, or this or that impacts us on a spiritual level, somehow that makes us feel like um, interestingly, instead of making us feel small and insignificant, which it would make me feel, it, it tends to make us feel more important and more grounded and more um, validated. I mean, I think that's, well, that makes sense because it, it's it's almost like when <sighs> I just had the thought my ADHD took over. Oh, that happens all the time. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times in the show I'm like, and I lost my point. <laughs> yeah, zero point two well, seconds after I think about well, it. Well, while while you're thinking, I'll, I just want to ask Raymond if he's aware of. Uh, uh, I mentioned earlier while you were away um, about uh, the skies of southwest scotland particularly dumfries and galloway being one of the best places to kind of view the night sky from in britain if, if, are you aware of that to be honest anywhere away from the bigger cities is i mean there's not an awful lot of light pollution here because there, well there's not very many of us to start with but um uh, yeah i mean the kind of i mean if you go further up north i mean that's that's the Arctic when it's round the corner, so the the, the skies are a lot uh, a lot more cloudy. That is pretty impressive. I've I've been up in Durness in the middle of winter, uh, laying out under the stars with maybe a spliff or two on the go. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> it is pretty impressive. Back in my younger days. So um, now that we've got all four of us back, we can start to talk uh, maybe a little bit more, moving toward modern astrology and kind of the impact it has on everybody i know that's what i had promised before the commercial break and we kind of got off on a little tangent got into astronomy a little bit um and the two are pretty dang closely related i mean obviously they're two completely different fields but they both deal with how we process um our knowledge of the stars whether we, we give it a spiritual aspect or whether we're just describing what we see in scientific terms but um what i'm interested to hear from you guys about is um, modern astrology, and I know we've said this multiple times on this very episode where it's like, why do people still believe this stuff? Um, what does it look like today? Like, what is your guys' exposure to it? What are your understandings of what it looks like today and how it impacts people's lives? Uh, real, real quick. Um, I think that a lot of what goes into the modern interpretations of astrology are co-opted from like you said, scientific roots. Like mm -hmm. you hear people in the astrology community use the term energy. Mm. Now, energy is, according to my understanding, is a mathematical term. Yep. So it just it just describes a system of particles essentially. Uh, just whether they're they're moving fast, slow, heat, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Energy doesn't have much to do with, at, at least in a in a spiritual context. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get what, because I, I have a friend who is about astrology. They're about crystal healing. Mm. And they tell me that crystals can store energy. And I press them on that a little bit. I'm like, what do you mean when you're talking about energy? Can you, can you define your terms for me? Because I have a different understanding and I never get anywhere really concrete. I, I don't have any uh, solid answers from them. So yeah, I've, I've had the same experience. I mean, astrology just seems like a, it's like the meme equivalent of a laugh track in Scotland. It's uh, I just uh, for some reason millennials seem to be really into it. And I mean, I mean from from my perspective, it's just you, you could replace it with anything. You could replace it with Oscar Wilde quotes and somehow mm -hmm. make it relevant to your life. It's uh, I, 
so it's that's much like, more trendy than than following yeah. an ancient book of you know like a, a lot of people my age because i'm 26 a lot of people my age have moved away from traditional religious views mm -hmm. and have gone for this more new age uh paganism witchcraft that kind of thing because it feels more connective to them you know um does it feel more personal pers and less judgy more personal yeah, more uh, validating less, yeah uh, yeah yeah so that brings up an interesting question or or maybe statement i'm not sure how i'm going to propose this but um so we have like the whole rise of the nuns thing like people leaving um religion or leaving christianity specifically in higher and higher numbers they're not necessarily from what i understand leaving superstitious thought or spiritual belief they're just really leaving the more structured um play by these specific rules type organizations but they're still maintaining a lot of spiritual thinking and filling in the gaps of their knowledge with their own sort of this is this is my personal spiritual belief whether it's like wicca based or astrology based or another form of like Christianity light or something like that, where they're, they're redefining Christianity in their own way. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of answers Richard's question for the validity of astrology is right now it's filling a gap in these people's lives of like, I want something more than just the concrete. And I have this tendency to want to believe in something spiritual and um, maybe, and this is just a, a hypothesis or maybe a question about what you guys think. Maybe it's because it has so many ties to science and, and people are looking more for, hey, it has to sound like people have a higher standards. It seems like now for I'm still going to believe bad or wrong things, but I want them to be a little more nuanced. And I want them to be a little more scientific sounding in order for me to accept them. Right. Um, I'm sure there's, there's back a little bit on that because not because you're wrong, but from my experience, I've, I've not like, all three of you have said, oh, it's like it, people are like grasping, on, grasping onto it, millennials. I'd, I don't know a great many people who are, who are into astrology at all. I certainly don't know any young people who are into astrology. The, the only people I know who are, who are even vaguely influenced by it are in the, in the 60s. And they're, they're also prone to bad thinking in other areas. Mm -hmm. So the 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 prone to the the kind of into ghosts or into you know mediumship and uh, anti-vax stuff. They're mm -hmm. the kind of people I experience who, who think astrology is legitimate, and it's nothing to do with the kind of sciency language of it. I don't disagree that it uses sciency language, yeah. but the the people I'm aware of who are into it aren't into it because of that reason. So I'm really interested. In, in this kind of, this idea that a lot of younger people are jumping onto it because of that. So I'm going to shut up now and let you tell me all about it. No, that's why I was confused whether I should pose it as a, a question or a statement, because it was just sort of something that popped into my head based on um, what Kyle was saying. Um, but it would be interesting to know the demographics, first of all, because we don't have that in front of us. We're just kind of guessworking it here. So yeah, I don't think we can really say with any certainty that X number of this age group are into this specific spiritual belief. Yeah, but it no, does... I, I only know a few people who are like this. They just happen to be my age. Yeah, and I, I was going to just second what Kyle said, is the people who I do happen to know that are into astrology, um, they are 30s and late 20s-ish. I don't know any older oh. people who are. The older people that I know tend to either be non-religious or tend to be incredibly religious, um, but they tend to be more into the um 
Christian or I also know a lot of Muslim um, people. And um, so they would be actually anti-astrology. The, the older generations that I know would, would push back against astrology. Um, whereas the younger people that I know are those who do accept it in my life do tend to be younger. So I, I guess think, it might uh, be an exposure thing. I think a lot of this comes from uh, people wanting meaning that isn't given to them by themselves. Yeah. You know, they, they think that, and this is my experience back when I was still spiritual, that I didn't just want the meaning in my life to be ascribed by me. I wanted it to, 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 to come from somewhere else, to know that th there, there is meaning out there. I just have to find it. Like, it's a quest. It's, 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 yeah. a, it's a journey. So. It's true. I mean, humans, were, for the most part, are quite narrative creatures anyway. You're mm -hmm. constantly trying to explain your life with the... Uh, the past, the present, the future, mm -hmm. your goals, your expectations. It's uh, it's easy to get bogged down in a lot of this crap. And astrology, um, it seems to have this 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 weird ability to, uh, what's the word, sort of condense it down into sort of like a little peaceful thing, you know, like, oh, you've been out, say you've been out drinking four or five times a week because you're stressed at work, and you know, suddenly, oh, well, Jupiter's here now, so you're going to get some extra good fortune. It's, it's comforting. It's, it's no different from religion in, in that regard, I suppose. That's kind of true. For how complex it is for the person who's reading it or determining these horoscopes, it's it's asininely simple to the person receiving it. So you're right. It kind of like dumbs down all the stuff that you have in your life down to simple things that you can kind of focus on and either be hopeful about or put it into perspective, right? Like um, if it is something bad it's like oh well there's nothing i can do about it it's the universe i just got to get through this right and if it's something good it's like well i can latch onto that and take hope from that even if it's a load of bullshit um it takes the onus off the individual and puts it out to the universe like it, it projects it onto somewhere else you know i actually have a secular definition for spirituality Ooh, let's hear it so spirituality to me is the feeling of awe and wonder that i get from participating in a life on a planet, in a universe, and actively seeking that feeling to fulfill a mental need. I love that, yeah. And yeah, I, think, pretty good. I think that astrology certainly produces that feeling in some people. I think religion does as well. So it's kind of cool sure. to be able to take that, that feeling that we experience and to sort of secularize it in a way. Like that is a human feeling. It's not a Christian feeling. It's not a Hindu feeling, or it doesn't come just from astrology or, or whatever your, your spiritual belief choices it really comes from within ourselves and our chemical makeup the way our brains are wired yeah so um i think i said that earlier in the show too that like people who have that sort of need for a spiritual belief or they want to they feel comforted by it or they feel sort of attached to it i think that there's in them sort of this like need to have that feeling because it's it's really nice right but they don't understand that you can get that in a in a secular way too like i get, yeah, that, feeling get that all the time yeah, from music, from being in nature, yeah. from looking at the stars at night. That's that's for me anyway. Yeah, and like I know Kyle posts a lot of pictures of his bonfire and that, like just staring into the flames and seeing how yeah. they're, it's like controlled chaos, right? Like they're predictable but unpredictable at the same time, right? Like there's... I, I get the same feeling of joy from looking at Kyle's pictures of chili that he posts. Oh my gosh, that's, trans <laughs> that's pure transcendence right there, man. You don't need spirituality and astrology. You just need Kyle's chili. I'm telling you, it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, um, I, I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something. I got distracted by food. Which I don't know. I know we need to conclude somewhat <laughs> soon. And we're coming up towards the end of the show. We still have a few more minutes. But um, 
I think a good way to go with this is what are some of the dangers? Because we talk a lot about the dangers of bad thought and about religion and superstition in general. We haven't really gotten into that with astrology. So maybe we can close the show out with that. Like, what do you guys perceive are some of the dangers? We have about maybe five minutes until we need to conclude. Well, I got one real quick. Um, a, a very obvious danger would be taking serious life advice from, you know, star placement. Yeah, making life choices based on what a newspaper article says or what the new horoscope on your phone says. These are things that can be incredibly detrimental because they're not choices that you're making using your logical faculties. It's, it's putting faith in something that isn't yourself. You know, and I, I think as people living a human experience, our own choices are what's going to be best for us, not something that is given to us by some mystical place in, in the in the sky. It, it, There's yeah. a really good example of that, actually. It's, a, it's an old Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode. Uh, uh, one of the clients of uh, Uncle Phil or, or Shredder or whatever you want to call him, a really superstitious guy, and I, thought, I can't remember what Will Smith does. He says something about lucky underwear and the guy sees a red car on his way into work and somehow ends up losing like $1.7 million and stuff like that. It's, 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 a, it's a cheesy joke example, but it, it sort, of, sort of fits into what Kyle was saying there. If, uh, if you put a lot, of, a lot of stock into this stuff and make decisions on your life about it, it's eventually you're going to fuck it up like, quite badly. And even worse is if you put your, 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 your faith in these choices and they don't pan out and that starts to break down your view of what was true, that can be mentally damaging. Yeah. True. And I also wonder how often when um, people do see these these things as being true and then it's proved not true, how often they even realize it. Like I know there was there was twice in my life where I went back when I did have spiritual beliefs where I put stock in. It wasn't a horoscope specifically, but it was um, this. It was similar. One was a, a candle like you burn different kinds of candles for different kinds of to, to bring in different kinds of energy into your life. And I thought that that was validated. And then the other one was sort of like a, I don't know, like a, it was, I guess like a wish spell type thing that, that one of my friends was like, Oh, you should try this. And in both cases, I got something out of it that I thought I wanted. And then in hindsight later, it's like, ah, it was first of all, the, the candle that I burned that what ended up coming out of it ended up ultimately being negative in the long run. Um, and the other one was the exact opposite. What I thought was going to be the conclusion ended up not being the conclusion. Um, and I can get more into those later, but since we're coming up to the end of the show, but, um, when those things were proven wrong further down the road, I never, ever went back and reflected on them until afterward, like post-spiritual belief, Laura would go back and reflect on them and be like, wow, that was some serious bullshit. But at the time, um, I had my belief validated in that moment. And then later on down the road, when it was actually technically invalidated, my mind didn't even recognize it, didn't pick up on it, didn't reflect on it, wasn't even thinking about it, right? So there was no point of invalidation. So maybe right. that person who prays, should I buy this house or not? Or the astrology reading says you should make this financial decision and then they do it. And it ends up maybe five years down the line, they foreclose or the house burns down or something like that. Do they even take the time to reflect on that decision? Like chances are probably not. And it's just like what you said earlier about counting the hits and ignoring the misses. That's yeah. exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. think that that's a, I've said this countless times over the, the, the episodes of the show, but that the danger is not so much the thing itself. It's what it exposes you to. Mm-hmm. So you, you might have a, you might have a very innocent 
passing interest in astrology and uh you know just read your stars in the in the daily rag uh and and like not put too much uh uh emphasis on it but still believe it but that still opens you up to poor thinking and that might have no negative influence on your life but when that uh con man comes calling mm-hmm. and he's using those same subtle techniques that's when the difficulties start to arise yeah because then you start talking your about, thinking <laughs> you start talking about how many thousands people have spent on things like those um famous psychic mediums on tv or those big mega churches oh goodness um yeah, where it's like now because you have that bad thinking and now this person is speaking your language and like, oh, God requires this or, oh, you're spiritual, like your grandmother is telling me from the other side that, right? They get swindled out of so much money. Um, and that's, uh, that's, a, that's, that's not even like the least of it, but they're you know, I, I was actually a victim of that. Um, have you guys ever heard of the TV preacher named Peter Popoff? Yeah. Oh, pop off. Yeah. See, I'm a yeah. big fan of, um, oh, what's his name? He just recently passed away. Um, Randy, the, the uh, amazing Randy. Amazing Randy. He, yes. Yeah. He exposed Peter pop off and that yeah, guy should have gone to jail and didn't. He just ended up building a new organization with a new batch of bullshit. Yeah. I was one of the victims of his scam bullshit with the whole, uh, water, the, the magical spring water that he would send to you. Yeah. Cause, uh, I was little, my mom was sick. I wanted to help her in some way, and I still believe that. So I sent out for that magical spring water. Of course, never received anything because you have to first send money. They send you an envelope. You send them money. They send you another envelope. You send them money. Then they send you the water. Wow. Yeah, it's complete trash. That is a really good example of how how bad thinking can negatively impact you. And as a kid, you're like, I'm going to, you know, cure my mom or whatever. Um, And that water is literally not doing anything. Um. And that's a good demonstration as well that when we're talking about bad thinking, it we're not just talking about kind of delusional adults. You know, we're we're all we're passing on to our it. children. It's, it, yeah. it's part of the human kind of condition. It's you're not you're not bad. Because I think a lot of times when we do these shows and we talk about oh people who believe this are bad thinking, those people might listen to that and think, Well, no, I'm not stupid, I'm not dumb. No one's saying you're stupid. We're all prone we're to it. Every single yeah. one of us were conditioned to it. What what the challenge is is to try and educate yourself out of it, and and it takes a long time and a lot of practice. And we're we're still all prone to it. Just even just the basic psychology of walking down the street, we get tricked by things. And Our that, minds are tricked all the time. And that is why astrology still exists to answer yeah. anyone's question. Um, okay, we have um, less than three minutes, so in 30 seconds or less, each of you gentlemen, I'm not going to give myself or Richard this privilege this time because we spent a lot of time talking in general. Um, what are your guys' closing thoughts on astrology specifically? Um, and we'll start with you, Kyle. Well, I suppose uh, astrology has you know, been very prevalent in the lives of, of many people, especially young people nowadays in our, in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that it's, it would be more beneficial to learn from a scientific perspective what stars are mm. rather than ascribing your own personal meaning to them because like we said some of these these ideas can lead to harmful harmful behaviors harmful de- decisions and choices so just keep being skeptical don't don't listen to any one star <laughs> <laughs> i love it 
Uh, Asalan, what are your closing thoughts? Um, to be honest, Kyle put it pretty, pretty succinctly there. If yeah. uh, you just, just think about it, just don't just go along with it for the sake of it. It's, it if everything's supposed to sound nice. That's how they get you. Just think. Yeah. And I always think. like to say the truth holds up to scrutiny. So if you scrutinize and it's yeah. true, what's the big deal? Um, Okay, actually, Richard, since I went and took that last thought, I'll give you a last thought, too. Uh, I just, I'm just mirroring what everybody else has said. I, I, I just want to say thank you to Ascalon and Kyle for joining us. It's been fantastic. Yes, we're going you, to be back with us next week. So yes. look forward to that, where we're going to be talking about something not astrology-related, but in fact, astronomy so yes, we're going to switch uh, gears from astrology to, to astronomy yeah <laughs> so this is going to be really interesting so you're back we uh we're going to have two beard bespectacled guests again next week i love it okay <laughs> yes i second that thank you guys for joining us and thank you listeners for doing your listening and i look forward to seeing you guys on facebook um in the meantime we are laura richard and Kyle and Ascalon. And entirely yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and re- rehearsed. See you next time. Bye. Bye. I almost did some research and then I thought, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>